It's the next level. Yeah, I, I would like to add something to this. Um, this is kind of uh, just the release and the success of this film is kind of a, a testament to um, just being diligent and believing in what it is that you do and knowing somehow that there is a place for what it is that you have done and never giving up. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of your time and give Winston Churchill's graduating speech to Oxford University. Okay, and this is the speech in its entirety. Never quit. Never, never, never quit. And there you have it, folks. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. <laughs> Shit the bed! Well, howdy, folks! Come on in! Well, <laughs> from the looks of them fancy britches and uh, sassy little hairdos, y'all ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> so where are y'all from? What? I didn't quite get that. Ah, obviously all y'all is mutes, because you wouldn't be fucking with me now, would you? <laughs> no, no. See, the last guy that fucked with me ain't having a real good howdy-do today right now. Y'all city slickers think you can come in here and, and just waste my whole goddamn day, don't you? Well, <laughs> hell with that. Get the hell on out of here. I got me some chickens to be dealing with. Good evening, boils and ghouls, and welcome to the Studio Zero and Next Level Network special presentation of What, what Lurks, Lurks Behind, Behind Podcast, Podcast Zero. Zero. I'm your host, Postmortem Paul. And, okay, so, due to recent sad events, uh, the programming for this week's episode has changed slightly. Originally, this week's review that was meant to take place was to be uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. I announced that uh, two weeks ago. So, however, woke up this morning and found out that uh, we lost someone in the horror community. Uh, the loss of Sid Haig. It actually happened uh, September 21st, but it was reported this morning. So... 
it's kind of interesting because I had episodes planned in advance. This time I didn't announce them. I was kind of keeping it to myself because I've been kind of moving things around and whatnot. And anyways, in two weeks from now, I was actually scheduled to review the movie I'm going to do today. I'm I'm switching episodes. So Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight will be two weeks from now. And today's episode is going to be the episode I was going to do two weeks from now, which is... <laughs> all that around um rob zombies house of a thousand corpses and i feel it's only it's only right we should do this uh in remembrance of the ever talented and amazing character amazing man amazing person of sid haig uh you know and and something that i was thinking about because literally this morning i woke up and i was like well fuck this crap the whole show (laughs) Uh, we're going to be doing this differently. So, and you know, and while I was preparing this morning for the show, you know, it's weird when you think about it. On this show, I usually talk about, I heckle, I exploit uh, the darkness of death week after week. You know, ranting and raving about the horror genre and blood and guts, and you know, you you hear me a lot of the times ranting about you know the bizarre nature of the world or the annoying nature of humanity and. You know, as much as I'm a chucklehead and I banter weekly about this shit, it really, it, it hits in the reality feels when one of our own passes away. Um, and I mean, like, doing the research this morning on Sid Haig, like, I I followed some of his career, but I, I haven't seen everything. And clearly, because when I was looking at his past resume, I mean, he's done so much. And I, a lot of it I've seen, but a lot of it I have not. And um, I mean, I, I it it every fan is different. Like I mean, like some follow a lot of Sid's work. Some basically knew him from Rob Zombie's trilogy of films about the Firefly Clan. Uh, many have been fortunate to meet Sid in person. Um, I wasn't one of them. But I, I, no matter what, like, and stories I've heard about, like how awesome he is, and or was, and you know, just I've never heard a bad word about him from from no one, whether it be in the media, whether it be, you know, his wife obviously clearly loves him. She she's been updating the Instagram page whenever she could, and, and I mean that's how a lot of us found out about the passing of Sid Haig you know was she she put it on the Instagram page this morning um you know so many celebrities you hear stuff about them today and it's all shitty and you not everybody obviously I mean there's a lot of great celebrities too but when it, when it came to Sid Haig you never heard anything bad it was always great stories it was always funny stories he loved to he loved to fuck with people but in good nature you know what I mean and so I felt like, you know, today's episode, in tribute of a man that has given so many of us horror nerds, like these memories, both on and off the screen, I changed this episode, and I was going to announce it on the Facebook page, and I'm like, nah, you know what, I mean, most people are, are, that are that, the people that tune into this show weekly, you know, they're going to get it, they'll understand it, uh, because I need to tell I feel it's proper to take some time out to talk about, you know, a movie that starred Sid Haig so we can remember the man, the captain, the captain Spaulding himself, 
And I mean no offense when I say this to people who are Stephen Amell fans. I know that Stephen Amell fans out there, they call him their Captain Amell. Uh, I get it. It, it. And, you know, every fan is allowed to do what they want. But the real captain is Sid here. It's not Stephen. And so this week, focusing on Sid Haig, House of a Thousand Corpses. Before that, I do want to move on to a few things very quickly. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but just some things. Because first off, I'm sure you're noticing the music in the background. So the music in the background is by an artist by the name of Sam Haynes. I've I've mentioned him on the show before. Um, What you're hearing in the background is music from the newest album, the newest release, uh, Dark Waves. And I got to kind of briefly talk uh, to Sam, like, you know, through the Facebook page, I had, I forget how it all came up. I think I posted like the, the link to the new album or whatever. And, you know, he, he basically told me, I, I would, you know, Hey, feel free to share the music and whatnot. And that meant a lot because like, I don't get that often. My podcast is very small. It's very low key. It's very, you know, and obviously I have listeners, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the who goes there podcast. You know, I'm not say you love Satan. I don't have thousands of listeners. I have listeners and I'm happy with what I have. But to have someone, you know, reach out to me and say, hey, by the way, you know, feel free to use some of my music. It's like that meant a lot. So I I had to give him a shout out. If you're interested in checking out, you know, Sam Haynes music, uh, because there's a lot, there's some <laughs> decent horror themes, like very synth wavy, but they set good moods and whatnot you can find sam haynes on spotify i know that but also at samhaynes1.bandcamp.com go there and the music is usually either free or very very like low priced Uh, it's not expensive at all and it's just awesome another thing i have to do and just recently you heard me mention this person's name i have to i have to give a shout out to a friend of mine uh justin Voorhees on instagram who requested Lake Mungo just a few weeks ago. Anyways, so I I know Justin personally. We're good friends and whatnot. And dude's totally blowing my mind lately because like as you as many of you know, I'm trying to build my VHS collection back up and whatnot. And he like the one night he he messaged me some like photos of like he had like five or six photos of just VHS tapes and was like whatever you want, just let me know and I'll I'll, I'll bring them to you and whatnot. In the first day alone, I had I, I scored Friday the Thirteenth one through nine, like that, and I mean one through eight plus Jason goes to hell. Um, I've gotten two Nightmare on Elm Street tapes from him, two Ghostbusters tapes from him, uh, the first Ali- the first three Alien films, uh, the first Scream, the Birds. Uh, oh shit, what else? Um, fuck, uh, Resident Evil, Event Horizon. Um, maximum overdrive like and these are all like awesome titles and all the tapes are in great shape and i was like you know what like shit i have to i have to give him a shout out on the show and say thank you so much justin i know he's he says he's got a lot more for me and whatnot for a dude that like like vhs is something that it killed me 
back in the days when I and I keep most of my personal life off this shit, but I had to part with a lot of them and it destroyed me to do it because that was my collection. I loved those tapes. And as much as I love my Blu-rays and my DVDs, VHS was the thing I grew up with. I was, you know, an 80s kid growing up with... I remember having a VCR that was the top-loading kind. We had one of those. Like, I mean, we had the VCRs with the remote control that had a wire. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, digital and you could walk away from the TV and still use it. And no, we had the fucking wire on ours. Like, so VHS is something that is, it, there's, the nostalgia is very strong with me. Let's put it that way. And when Justin's like, oh, here, here's some tapes and whatnot. I was like, fuck, like this is just awesome. And I mean, I've already watched a few of them. <laughs> Actually, just last night I spent, you know some time just chilling with my dog and we watched both uh, both of the Ghostbusters films and you know so thanks a lot Justin I needed to give a shout out to you and on top of movies that I've watched on VHS there's other movies I've watched as well um, like I finally got around to seeing Bad Moon from 1996 the werewolf film I liked it I'm not gonna lie the dog is the star I mean seriously the dog Thor in that movie ah, he's, the, he's the reason you watch that movie him and the werewolf I mean obviously um, I watched that Tigers Are Not Afraid, uh, the uh, Shutter exclusive. It was, uh, what, from 2018, 2019, whatever. Um, fuck, that was good. That was a good movie. I, that, that movie surprised me. I, I didn't expect I was going to like it that much. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people that's like, well, if I have to read a movie, it sucks. No, I, I subtitles, I get it. And there's a lot of great foreign horror out there. So subtitles don't bother me. But sometimes I feel like it takes away from the film because I'm not watching the visuals as much. Tigers Are Not Afraid was one of the exceptions to that, where I was like, I'm enjoying both the visuals and I'm still able to read this and still enjoy this movie. Very well done. Um, very it's awesome how it had like it's got kind of like that del toro feeling to it obviously and i mean del toro himself even hyped this movie up but it had that feel of like it's based in the real world with elements of fantasy to help tell the story and i really liked how they did it um that'll be a topic for another day because i will eventually review that movie on this podcast but i'm very very impressed with tigers they're not afraid uh of course i you know, I was in the mood. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 just for the fuck of it. Because, like, who doesn't love Dream Warriors? Like, that's one of those movies that you just, you never get bored of, you know? Like, it, and I feel that it's probably, I always look at Part 1 and Part 3 as, like, you know, a two-part, like, miniseries kind of thing. But Part 3 was probably the best of the full Nightmare on Elm Street series of mixing horror with comedy because some of them were either too comical or in case well obviously we don't complain that they're scarier I mean the first one's amazing for how scary it is the second one the second one's actually a really good movie if people could get past their you know bashing it for its you know homoeroticism so what okay so it was a gay movie oh well like Freddy Krueger is fucking scary as shit in that fucking movie. Like, but then again, it's also the idea that they changed the rules. I get it. I'm I'm not a complete moron here, but um, but Elm Street Three, I think, was the perfect full film in the Nightmare, you know, franchise. And so, of course, yeah, I was like, oh, 
fuck it, I'm gonna watch this one night. You know, watched it on the you know the big screen, and I was like, ah, enjoying this. Probably also because I needed to wash the bad taste out of my mouth that came from Clownado. Um, okay, so I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast way back when, when you know they were hyping up Clownado, and I was like, oh my god, this sounds like it's got the makings of everything I would ever want in a fucking movie. Eh-eh, wrong. That was not a good movie. Um, but okay. And keep in mind, this is always my opinion. This is just, you know, this is me being me. So take my opinion with a grain of salt. I get it. But you tell me that I'm going to get this awesome movie. And, like, let's keep in mind, the poster looked fucking great. The trailer looked pretty slick. The title of the movie, Clownado, you're like, all right, this is totally sci-fi kind of, you know, sci-fi network I'm talking about. You know, it's got that cheesy, okay, we're going to have a cyclone with clowns in it. Like, that's what I'm thinking, right? Wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, but let's put it this way. One, there's no clowns. Um, I, okay, it, they're bad actors with clown paint on them, but I don't call that clowns. Clowns is Captain Spaulding. Clowns is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Clowns is Art the Clown. This is not clowns. This is something else. Um, is it horrible? Is it bad? No, it, it's, they don't feel like clowns to me. Secondly... There's no tornado. There's like gusts of wind when they show up. And it's like, well, no, you totally ruined it. But again, that's keep in mind, this is my opinion. I still say, hey, you know what? Check it out for your own, you know, whatever you might think you, you, you know, give it a chance. I, I'm really not selling the movie very well here. So it's probably time to move on. And give my Lurker's Recommendation of the Week, which I'll be able to sell a little bit better on you. Um, (laughs) It's a music recommendation this week. Again, someone that I was uh, able to have a few words with uh, through the advent of the internet. Um, I use that word advent for a reason. But in a moment. Uh, So on my Twitter account, Twitter of all things, right? Like I'm always bitching about Twitter. And anyways, um, there is an artist from Australia... uh, she goes by the name of Isserly, I-S-S-E-R-L-Y, Isserly. Uh, normally does a ex- like experimental electronic music, uh, house music. Dan- I, I wouldn't call it dance music. It's not really, I mean, you can dance to it if you want, but it's very industrial. It's very dark, very ambient and whatnot. Um, anyway, so she released a new album just, uh, oh, I think it was July 2019, called insides insides is quite different from what we're used to and um her real name is roxy wallace she is known as the saddest girl in australia that's her like how she sells herself which is cool uh very sarcastic little girl um i shouldn't say little but i mean she's a sarcastic one which i like obviously my style of person right so um she originally started with her project girl girl flash that was her original like music name, whatever, uh, later changed it to Isserly, obviously. And I, I found, I found out of Isserly through, um, there's a band I follow from also Australia, Snuff, um, spelled S N V F F. Cause you know, they do that cool thing, whatever. Um, they had remixed her track Advent and remember I said Advent, ha, ah! but anyways, they remixed that song. It was from her remix album, Sad Girls uh, Club Volume 2. And I, I fucking love this song. Like, even to this day, I'm still banging that track. And 
So I knew she was coming out with a new album. I checked it out. And to my surprise, it was doom metal. And I was like, whoa, like, okay, this is, this is quite different. It's her first real dive into doom metal. Um, which, like I said, is quite a change from her normal sound. And actually, she did an August interview with uh, Brutal Resonance. Um, and she, I got the quote down here. She said, basically, I've always wanted to make this kind of music, but have never been able, ne- never been able to till now. Um, doesn't mean the end of all the other stuff. I'm working on some more harsh and electronic stuff on the side right now. But being able to explore this whole other side of me, of myself musically, has been so cool for me. It's really woken me back up creatively. And I have to agree with her. Like, this this album was very well done. Um, if you like doom metal, it's something that I think might, you know, a, a appeal to you and whatnot. Uh, you can find it at isserly.bandcamp.com or on Spotify. Um, I bought it. I, I I heard, I was listening to a bit of it through Bandcamp, like you know, you can stream to like test it. That's one thing I love about Bandcamp. You can always like stream something first. And I don't even think I was halfway through the album. I was like, purchase. <laughs> I was like, this is a good one. Um, and you guys know me. Like I'm not. I'm a Spotify kind of guy for the fact that I find a lot of music today that comes out is just. There's some good shit coming out. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of filler music i find so i'm not so quick to buy music and yeah like i said halfway through her album of uh, like insides blown away so that's my lurkers recommendation for the week um i think i've talked enough about everything that's not house of a thousand corpses so i think we need to do what we do best and that is i'm going to do the trailer drop and then just spend a little bit of time talking about a movie that was destined for two weeks from now, but Hey, it is what it is. Um, and let's, we're going to remember Sid. Hey, we're going to remember house of a thousand corpses and just talk some fun shit, but trailer drop first back in a moment, guys. Howdy folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature. On a stormy Halloween night, Four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave it right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as... Dr. Satan. You know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered... You ain't seen nothing yet is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. From director Rob Zombie comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! 
You know, in uh, preparing for this, I probably should have done, like, you know, top five favorite clowns ever in horror films. But, yeah. Like I said, like, I literally this morning, I, like, woke up and scrapped the whole fucking episode. I had everything planned out for Demon, which, now that I think about it, it was kind of fucking stupid to me because I'm going to need it two weeks from now anyways. But whatever. Nobody said I was smart. Okay. I'm just good looking. But, no, not even that. Anyways. House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, yeah, so House of a Thousand Corpses. I, if I remember correctly, I think I saw this actually opening night. I remember I went with uh, my friends Christy and Phil. I know that much. I just don't know if we went opening night or if we went opening weekend. I don't know. Anyways, it opened April 11th in 2003. And that was both America and canada or u.s i always you know here's a small little canadian rant for you so the whole idea of america always kind of pisses me off because we have south america and north america and canada and mexico are part of north america yet we only call people from the united states americans it always has been one of those things that's just been sort of like, why do we call them Americans and not all of us? Because we're all in some form of a fucking America, people. But anyways, my rant is over now. Uh, so, House of a Thousand Corpses was written and directed by Mr. Rob Zombie. And I promise you guys, okay, so I've made it a little known on the show that at times I'm not a fan of Rob Zombie's work. And, you know, the thing is, is that I realized that a lot of my problem with Rob Zombie was the two Halloween remakes. 31 I haven't seen yet, so I can't even really comment on that. And Lords of Salem, I've only seen like bits and pieces. I've never watched it straight through. So those two films, it's it's unfair of me to criticize them when I haven't seen them. The Halloween remakes, um, no. I tried watching the first one again uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I can't do it. Like, I just, I don't like the portrayal of the fact that Michael Myers comes from some white trash background. Like, it doesn't work the same for me, and the kid just doesn't sell me. So, it is what it is. Anyways, in terms of Rob Zombie films, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are two films I have absolutely loved from the moment I saw them, like House of a Thousand Corpses, I saw it in the theaters, and I remember walking out there going, fuck, that was fun. Um, is it the best movie? No. Is it, you know, is it flawless? Fuck no. It movie's got mistakes all over. It's got little blips and bloops and everything, but it's just, it's fun. I mean, Halloween has more bloopers than I can count on all my fucking digits and my nose hairs, and I still love that movie. So, the thing is, is that I guess in my roundabout way, what I'm trying to get to here is, is that this week I am not going to be picking on Rob Zombie and try to understand that as much as I have been somewhat critical of Rob Zombie many times on this podcast, I don't hate the guy. As a matter of fact, I really enjoy his music, uh, preferably more with White Zombie than his solo stuff, but I don't mind his solo music. But this week is more... We're going to be talking about a movie that I, that I like of Rob Zombie, so you're not going to hear me criticizing him. It's not going to be a matter of putting him down or, or saying, oh, you know, this movie's shit or whatever. 
when I honestly think about it, the two movies I really had the most problem with were the two Halloweens. Some of his movies I haven't fully seen yet, and other ones I actually like. So, anyways. Written and directed by Rob Zombie, who has also worked on films like House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, The Haunted World of El Superbisto. That is an interesting one. Um, 31, Lords of Salem, and he also directed one episode of CSI Miami, and obviously... Just recently uh, had a three-day limited release in the theaters, Three from Hell. We'll move past Rob Zombie for a bit. Move on to the producer. The producer for this film was Andy Gould. Andy Gould also worked on A Thousand Corpses, House of, whatever, um, Devil's Rejects, Halloween 1 and 2, Haunted World of El Superbisto, Lords of Salem, 31, and he also did something that wasn't Rob Zombie's, uh, American Satan. Cinematography by Alex Pappas and Tom Richmond. Uh, Alex did a lot of TV work. Uh, Tom, more film. So basically how I did this is, is like Alex did a lot of TV work, including shows like Ghost Hunters International, Ghost Hunters, um, White Collar Brawlers, Haunted Towns, and Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests. Uh, Tom, on the other hand, did films. He did a lot um, films that were actually... Uh, you know, films I love too, like Chopping Mall, uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucka, uh, Amityville, The Evil Escapes, that's all right, um, Nightmare on 13th Floor, Killing Zoe, Love in a 45, which that's a good flick, uh, Waking the Dead, and All About Evil. <coughs> Excuse me. Special effects. How I'd, I've done this a little bit differently because special effects was a group of people. So what I've done is I've grabbed all the names that were involved which I will quickly you know spit them off and then I'm going to talk about like certain ones that stood out so as a special effects department consisted of Roy Augustine uh, Jared Baker David Blitstein Cam Cooney Michael Deke John Fontana uh, Roger Lipsey Michael O'Brien Christine Oneski Gilbert Romero Sean Ronzio Brian Sviam and Wayne Toth. Gilbert Romero did makeup for both this one and Midnight Movie, which I thought was kind of interesting because I've done Midnight Movie as uh, an episode. I want to say 36, but I could be wrong on that for all I know. Um, and Roy Augustine, he's worked on a lot of Marvel films. He worked on films like Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 3, and my favorite, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Uh, Michael Deke has worked on a lot of films. Um, Terror Vision, From Beyond, Ghoulies 2, Friday the 13th Part 7, Halloween 4, Bride of Reanimator, uh, Demonic Toys, Phantoms, Ginger Snaps Back, Hulk, some of the Transformers films. <laughs> I think he did like three out of the five or whatever. Uh, Tales from the Hood, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. He's worked on a lot. Wayne Toth, on the other hand, He's worked on a lot of horror films, uh, movies like John Carpenter's Vampires, Wishmaster, Spawn, Drag Me to Hell, The Faculty, and he also worked on The Amazing Spider-Man. Those were some of the names that stood out. Um, And I wanted to make mention of the whole special effects team because the special effects in this movie are actually something that really stand out. And it would have felt, I would have felt bad if I didn't, mention everybody i know that i only pointed out a few of them but 
I felt every everyone's name needed to be involved in this. The music, the music for this movie, wow. Really? Like, do, is it that hard to figure out? <laughs> music was done by Rob Zombie, of course. Uh, he also had help from Scott Humphreys, who was the initial actual composer for the film. Uh, Rob Zombie, a lot of it, it was a lot of his music was used. Um, you know, a lot of the themes, that, or not themes, but like tracks that he, he wrote for his solo albums, uh, specifically Hellbilly Deluxe and uh, shit striking blanks but well in the house of a thousand corpses soundtrack um but uh yeah so the music it was kind of funny when i'm looking at it and i'm like geez did i have to actually look like <laughs> obviously if this is a rob zombie film who's gonna do his own fucking music it's kind of like john carpenter john carpenter does movies he does his own fucking music moving on now to our starring cast and you know what I wrote this differently. I'm going to skip the first one because I'm going to save him for last. So, starring cast. As Sheriff Frank Houston, William Bassett. William Bassett has 130 fucking eight acting credits to his fucking name. I only wrote down a few. Uh, But he has worked on a few soaps. I think Young and the Restless was one of them. And Days of Our Lives was another, I think, I saw. Uh, I Dream of Genie, Bewitched. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I have that on VHS. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but the Planet of the Apes films, I feel like I have to address it. I have those on VHS. Um, Mod Squad, Shazam, the TV series from way back in the day. Uh, he was in The Karate Kid. He was in Invaders from Mars. Uh, he was in... Okay, he was an additional voice on the uh, anime um, Akira when they did the English dubs. But he didn't go by William Bassett. He was credited as Frederick Bloggs. Okay, I'm not sure why. I couldn't find anything on that. But anyways, uh, he was also a voice actor on Cowboy Bebop, uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Diablo 2, Appleseed, and he was in Demon Hunter. Moving on to Karen Black. Karen Black plays Mother Firefly. Again, another, you know, actress that... Actor, actress that had been in tons of movies uh 203 acting credits to her name probably most famously known from trilogy of terror or maybe burnt offerings um the last horror film uh she also was in an episode of the deadly nightmares tv series she was in eternal evil again uh invaders from mars shows up she was in it's alive three island of the alive out of the dark zapped again haunting fear dead girls don't tango Plan 10 from Outer Space, Children of the Corn, The Gathering, and Ooga Booga, uh, including this film, House of a Thousand Corpses. Moving on to Grandpa Hugo. Uh, he was played by Dennis Fimple. Uh, Dennis Fimple did a lot of TV work early in his uh, early in his career. He was also in the Apple Dumpling Gang, Creature from Black Lake, uh, Stay Hungry. He was uh, pretty well known from King Kong, the 1976 version. Uh, it was in the movie Fangs, obviously House of a Thousand Corpses. And sadly, I also have to report, this was his last movie. He passed away August 23rd, 2002, um, which means he passed away even before the movie was released. That's uh, kind of sad. Um, but yeah, he was our Grandpa Hugo. 
Moving on to Tiny, Tiny Firefly, who was not tiny at all. Uh, he was played by the actor under the name of Matthew McGrory. Matthew was also in films like Bubble Boy, Big Fish, Constantine, The Devil's Rejects, and The Evil Within, which was his last film. Uh, the Evil Within, I believe, has Michael Berryman as well. Um, anyways, sadly, that was also his last film, uh, was The Evil Within. Uh, he passed away at the age of 32. I remember uh, August 9th, 2005, uh, but I remember reading that he had passed away, and I thought he was a lot older, and then I remember when I found out how old he was, and I was like, oh, that, like, sucks, because, like, I was in my 30s at that point, so I was like, uh, no, would I have been 30? Let's see, 2005, Uh, I think, or I was just turning 30 that year. Anyways, I know it was something that really affected me when I read it. I was like, oh, fuck. I guess we really can go at any time. Uh, But we'll move on now to Rufus. Rufus Jr., RJ. He was played by Robert Allen Mukes. Uh, Robert has... He... I think he had something like 40 acting credits, but a lot of it was stuff I'd never heard of. Uh, However, he was in movies like Backwoods, uh, Drillbit Taylor... Uh, Slumber Party Slaughter, that's got my name written all over it. Uh, (laughs) Westworld, he was in Bone Tomahawk, uh, Last American Horror Show, and Alpha Wolf. Moving on to Deputy Deputy, Deputy George Wydell. was played by Tom Tolles. Uh, That name may sound familiar to a lot of horror nerds, especially if you are a fan of the Tom Savini Night of the Living Dead remake because he played Harry Cooper in that. But he was also in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He was in Fortress, uh, The Rock, Prophecy 2, Devil's Rejects, Grindhouse, Halloween, and Blood on the Highway was his last film. A lot of actors in this movie, I noticed, had last films, and I was like, ooh, this is very morbid, especially considering why I switched to this episode. It was like, okay. Uh, Greg Gibbs was our Dr. Wolfenstein in this movie. Uh, one only other, uh, one acting credit other than, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses in that he was in the movie The Hillside Strangler. Uh, Harrison Young, Harrison Young plays Don Willis. He's, um, he's, I think it's Denise. Is it Denise's, uh, father in this movie? Anyways, he was also in Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. Children of the Corn, The Gathering, Saving Private Ryan, Bubba Hotep, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Then we have Michael J. Pollard. Michael J. Pollard is Stucky. Stucky's the one at the at the beginning of the movie where he's talking about like how that guy got like the the Planet of the Apes action figure stuck up his ass and whatnot. And he's that character. Um, he was also in films like American Gothic. He was in Scrooged uh, with Bill Murray, uh, Night Visitor, Sleepaway Camp Three. He was in Tango and Cash, Dark Angel with Dolph Lundgren. I had to specify the Dolph Lundgren thing because I was like, I know there's that, what was it, Dark Angel was the TV series as well at one point. No, he was uh, in the movie with uh, Dolph Lundgren. He was in Dick Tracy. He was in The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. Uh, He was part of the Toxic Crusaders um, animated series and the animated movie. And he was in the movie The Woods. Now we get to our kids, our kids of this movie. Um... Which, uh, two of them are pretty famous. Uh, the other, well, actually, it, all four of them have had some big roles. 
We'll start with Rain Wilson. Yeah, he's in this. He plays Bill. I know a lot of you know him from The Office. Uh, I will not lie. I am not an Office fan. I have not watched the show very often. I think I've seen two episodes and didn't care for it. That's my opinion. But he was, uh, Rain Wilson's from The Office. He was also in Galaxy Quest. He was in Six Feet Under. He was in uh, the movie Dominion, which was like a lower budget horror film. Um, he did a, he did uh, voices for uh, Monster versus, uh, Monsters versus Aliens. Why I can't speak today, I have no fucking clue. He was in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. He was in Super. He was in the movie The Boy. Uh, Smurfs, The Lost Village, The Death of Superman, The Meg, Reign of the Superman, and Batman Hush. Uh, in the Superman movies and Batman, he plays Lex Luthor, by the way. Okay, so this guy, Chris Hardwick. I have things to say about him later. But anyways, he plays Jerry. Uh, Jerry Gold... Is it? Uh, fuck. I didn't write the last name. Down. Anyways, he plays Jerry Gold something. <laughs> anyways... You can tell I already, I, I might as well come out and say it now. I don't care for him in this movie. Um, but anyways, he was also in the movie Terminator 3. Uh, he was the voice of uh, the Green Arrow on the TV series The Batman. The the Not the Batman, the animated series, but the other one that ran for five seasons. He was the Green Arrow on that. Uh, he was in the Halloween 2 remake. But you guys primarily know him from, you know, Nerdist. And the Nerdist podcast, and obviously the show on AMC, The Talking Dead. Um, like I said, I'll comment a bit more, but I, I really didn't care for him in this movie. Um, that said, you can't tell it's him until you like until it's actually pointed out that you're like, oh fuck, that's Chris Hardwick, and then you see the similarities. But whatever. Uh, moving on to Jennifer Jostin, she plays Mary. Uh, she. Uh, I knew she looked familiar. She was in Deep Impact, and I was like, okay, that's where I knew her from. Uh, she was also in Omega Cop, Maximum Velocity, Rancid, Conception, and American Horror Story. She was in, ah, uh, fuck, I forget what season it was. She was in one of the episodes for American Horror Story. And then there's Aaron Daniels as Denise, and... Only a year prior to this, I believe it was 2002, she was in the um, the movie One Hour Photo with Robin Williams. She was also in Dexter. And I didn't realize this until I was doing my research, but I actually know which character she is because she's listed as Rita's neighbor. It's from the episode when Rita's neighbor has that the, the dog that keeps barking. And Rita finally, you know, kidnaps the dog and takes the dog... Um, like to her, I, I think it's like her babysitter's house or whatever, and they take over the dog. And the the reason why this always stands out, I, for those of you who know me personally, you'll get a good laugh out of this, was in the episode, the dog was a beagle named Walter. And for those of you who know, yes, I used to have a beagle named Wally, whose actual name was Walter. So that always stood out. And when I was doing, when I realized, I was like, fuck she is that bitchy neighbor it was like oh, that's fucking pretty cool but she's most probably most well known from the tv series the l word uh she was also in the sitter and most recently animal among us which is a 2018 horror film i swear to god i'm almost done these credits guys uh walter goggins as steve nash um 
quickly I'll go through this. He, uh, you guys know Walter Goggins. To see him, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Uh, he was in Justified. He was in the movie Predators, The Hateful Eight, The Shield, Major League, Back to the Miners. Uh, he was in The Crow Salvation, Cowboys and Aliens, Django Unchained. He was in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah. Uh, not going to lie. I like that movie, even though it's bad. Um, he was in Sons of Anarchy. He was in Diablo, and he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, Walter Phelan as Dr. Satan. Dr. Satan! Um He's not much of an actor, really. Uh, he, he did a lot of makeup and stunts. Um, he wasn't uh, an actual... I don't want to say he was an actual actor. He was, but he he's done more like the behind-the-scenes stuff where he did stunts for movies like Demon Knight. Um, gee, I would have been talking about him this week anyways. Uh, he was in a, a lot, he has a lot of like monster or alien credits, like monster in this movie, alien in this movie from like shows and movies like the X-Files from dusk till dawn, Wishmaster, night of the living dead, 3d fear itself and hallowed ground. Okay. So now we'll get on to our top three, our top three, uh, Sherry moon zombie, as uh, she's credited in this movie as Sherry moon, uh, as baby firefly. I'm going to make this real easy. If it's made by Rob Zombie, she's in it. It's pretty simple. Whether it's a music video, whether it's a movie, if Rob Zombie touched it, she's in it. I'll make it that easy. Moving on to now Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley, oh, what a god he is in this movie as Otis Firefly. Where do we know Bill Mosley from? Well, I mean, obviously. And it's my first credit. I'd be fucking stupid not to mention this. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Obviously, absolutely, he's from that. He was from The Blob in 1988. He had one episode that he was on of Freddy's Nightmares. Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. The First Power. Night of the Living Dead from 1990. He's, um... Fuck, Barbara's brother. What the fuck is his name now? Why? Oh, my God, I hate when I fucking do this. Strike blanks. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to shut the fuck up because I obviously... Why the fuck is this not coming to me? And I'm leaving this in here so you can all laugh at me. Yes, I know. Everyone's screaming at the fucking thing. Tell me the guy's name. I'll come back to it. He was in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Army of Darkness. Evil Ed. Carnival. The Devil's Rejects. Evil Bong. Grindhouse. Halloween. Repo the Genetic Opera. Alone in the Dark 2. The Alphabet Killer. The Devil's Tomb. Haunted World of Elves Super Bisto. 2001 Maniacs. Field of Screams with Lin Shay and Ogre from Skinny Puppy. I thought that was funny. He was in The Devil's Carnival, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Night of the Living Dead, Darkest Dawn, which is an animated feature, Death House, and Three from Hill. Johnny was his fucking name <laughs> in Night of the Living Dead. Don't ask me why that fucking eluded me for that amount of time, but I remembered it, so we're good. I still have my horror cred. Not that I ever had any, but... Now, finally, Sid Haig. Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding, who was actually my first credited name that I wrote down, but I feel I should leave the best for last. 149 acting credits in his career, um, which included TV series like shows, um, The Lucy Show, Batman. He was in two episodes of Batman with Adam West. Like, that's awesome. And they were the King Tut episodes, which is even fucking... Like, that. that's awesome. Um, he was in Star Trek. 
The Man from Uncle, The Flying Nun, Gunsmoke, Get Smart, Mission Impossible, the TV show, of course. Then his film career started to take off, and he was in THX 1138, George Lucas's first film. He was in Beware the Blob, but he was uncredited in that. He was in Foxy Brown, Charlie's Angels, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, Galaxy of Terror, The Dukes of Hazard, and The A-Team on TV, The Fall Guy, Sledgehammer. Boris and Natasha was a TV movie. He was in that. Jackie Brown. He was the judge in Jackie Brown. He was in Kill Bill Volume 2. Night of the Living Dead 3D, which is not a good movie, but he's awesome in it. Uh, Halloween. Haunted World of El Superbisto. The Lords of Salem. He was in Hatchet 3. Bone Tomahawk. Death House. And sadly, his last film, his last filming credit to his career, Three from Hell. It's awesome. It, 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 Sid Haig, man. It, he's going to be missed. It, he's definitely going to be missed. The movie was rated R for strong, sadistic, violence, gore, sexuality, and language. Its runtime is an hour and 29 minutes long. The budget for the film was $7 million. Its box office gross, $16.8 million. Now, I'm going to do the synopsis. Sadly, uh, it won't be as like spiffed out and whatnot because, like I said, everything was last minute this morning. So the synopsis I have is from the back of the DVD uh, because that's I have the DVD, so I was like, you know, just go off that, um, I, which I honestly believe it, the, the back of the DVD was the same as the back of the, of the VHS and the Blu-ray and whatnot. So, I mean, whatever, but I have DVD. I used to have it on VHS, and that's a story for another fucking day. Anyways, the synopsis for this movie is like this. Two young young uncles uncles take a misguided misguided tour onto the back roads of America America. in search of a local legend known as Dr. Satan. Lost Lost and stranded, stranded. they are set upon by a bizarre family of psychotics. Murder, cannibalism, and satanic rituals are a few of the thousand-plus horrors that await. So, yeah, um... I'll get more on it later in the episode, but apparently some people had a hard time following this movie. I don't get it. Uh, So anyways, notes from the beyond. It's that time of the segment of the, it's that segment of the show. Um, Okay. So I have notes that are just like scattered again, everyone. I apologize for this. This was so last minute this morning. It's I I tried to make things as coherent as I fucking possibly could. So fuck your mother, fuck your sister, fuck your grandmother. Remember that part in house of a thousand. That's where I'm getting it from. I'm not actually fuck you is what I'm basically saying. So anyways, (laughs) I got to say this, you know, I I wrote something first, but I got to say something before I even get to this. This movie has so many goddamn perfect quotes to use. It's, it's fucking awesome. Like Bill Mosley, everything that this, the, that rolls off the man's tongue is like gold in this fucking movie. Um, and, and Spalding like, fuck even like, okay. So I posted this morning on the Facebook page, the, the DVD menu, the intro, and for those of you who have the DVD, or I believe it's the same on the Blu-ray as well. When you start it up, it has that you like ring the bell and you push, you like you know, enter or whatever on your remote control or your controller or whatever. And 
you know, Spalding comes out from the back room and he just starts like bantering at you. I remember the first time ever watching the DVD and he starts going and I was so mesmerized by what he was saying. I wasn't picking a selection yet. And then he starts antagonizing you to pick a selection. And I'm sitting here laughing my ass off. I'm like, this is one of the first interactive menus I've seen where someone was like actually telling me to like basically fuck myself if I didn't pick an option. And it was just, it was awesome. And there's one thing about like people can, people can complain about Rob Zombie all they want. Casting was not one of his problems when it came to his movies. He has the perfect people there. Whether they all did what they should or not, that's a different story. But fuck, it just so much. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny because, okay, my first note is like, you know, how Rob Zombie, like, okay, we as fans, and there's a lot of fans of this movie. There's a lot of people that, you know, and I, I find there's a lot of people like myself that will say, you know, like other Rob Zombie movies I was not a fan of. But when it came to the Firefly Clan, when it came to House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and from what I've gained, you know, Three from Hell, I haven't seen it. And we didn't get released here, but apparently there are, there's some people that are bitching about it, but that's, that's normal. But then there's those who have said, like, you know, they enjoyed the movie and whatnot. I know, I, and, the, and the criticisms, I know why they're there. So I get it. But especially the first two films, Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, there are so many people that will tell you that's what they loved when it came to Rob Zombie films. Rob Zombie himself does not like this movie. He calls it a calamitous mess. He says, his quote was, all I see is flaw upon flaw upon flaw upon flaw. Okay. But like I like I said earlier, it, the John Carpenter's Halloween is just riddled with bloopers and goofs and blurps and all this other shit. And yet we love it. I know Rob Zombie may not be fond of his own movie, but you know what? He should lighten up a little because first off, it was his directorial debut. This was his first movie directing. It Chill, bud. You're going to make mistakes. Don't worry about it. Learn from it and move on. But always love that first thing you do. You know, lo- love what you do. Be passionate about it. And, you know, maybe he's not fond of the movie, but... I know I sure as fuck am. Uh, And also I might add, and this is something that I caught, and I'm glad that I saw this written on the internet, that other people caught it. So the dude that's reading the news on the TV, like when he's talking about like, you know, the five girls that have gone missing and blah, 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 and all this other shit. If you pay attention, that's not his voice. It's not the dude on the TV. It's not his voice. It's actually Bill Mosley's. So Bill Mosley played Otis Firefly. He also did the voice of the dude reading the news. So I thought that was pretty cool. And for those people that do notice the bloopers in this film, and there are a few, there, there's kind of an excuse for that many of the scenes in this movie were shot twice and the reason why was because rob zombie filled them filmed them once for the studio universal studios and lionsgate well lionsgate distributed but it was for universal studios um he he filmed one shot for them and then one shot the way he actually wanted it to look because he wanted to amp the gore up even more but he knew that the studio was gonna be like "Eh, all right well you know we got to cut this and we got to cut that and all this other shit. And, um, uh, so Wayne Toth also, this is part of the DVD. The DVD, uh, has a segment of interviews and whatnot. And Wayne Toth is one of the interviews on there. And 
his interviews, his interview and Sid Haig's interview are the two that are like the they're the standouts. You have four interviews. You have Sherry, Sherry Moon, Bill Mosley, Sid Haig, and Wayne Toth. Wayne Toth uh, mentions something that's kind of interesting in the fact that he says when they were making this movie, they went old school. They did it like the old horror films of the 70s and 80s. There is no CGI. And it's specifically noted. It, like The way they do the interviews in this in this DVD was kind of weird, too, because I guess the interviewer didn't want his voice on the, the camera. So they write the question like on the screen and then the people being interviewed answer them. So it was kind of weird, but whatever. Um, at one point the the question is, so there were no digital effect, no digital effects whatsoever. Why did you choose that? And, you know, Wayne Toth was saying like, because the movie takes place in 1977, October 30th, 77, I might add. Um, and the fact that they wanted that old school look, they went old school and used all practical effects. My opinion on this is, trust me, it makes the movie so much more fucking enjoyable. I am so glad there's no CGI in this movie whatsoever. And I know it must sound like I, I really hate CGI in movies. I don't hate CGI in movies when it works. But there's so many times where it doesn't work. Okay, unless you're Peter Jackson, you know, or Guillermo del Toro... CGI doesn't always work. Ask my, Michael Bay. Well, of course, Michael Bay is high on himself. He thinks, you know, his fucking shit don't stink. But his movies sometimes, like, watch a Transformers movie and try and tell me which Transformers who. Good luck with it. Like, some of those battles, you you just see metal. And it's just, it's bashing each other and throwing each other around. But you can't tell shit from shit because the CGI is not that fucking great. Um, I am so glad that with this movie, they, they stayed practical and... Oh my god, like it is so so awesome. Uh the acting. Okay, so I'll try not to be too critical, but obviously I'm going to be critical a little bit. The two I could have done without in this movie. Chris Hardwick and Grandpa Hugo, which uh what was it? Um I can't remember his fucking name. I, wow, I am really Having a shit time with names today. Dennis Fimple. I had to go look that up because I'm fucking stupid. Anyways, those two I probably could have done without in this movie. Uh, the women are clearly the smarter of the uh, the kids or the couples. Uh, the women are the smarter ones. They're the ones that are like, let's get the fuck out of here. While you got Chris Hardwick's character, which his overacting pisses me off. Because, like, okay, even myself, like, and I'm... I. I'm a horror fanatic. My friends are horror fanatics. I know a lot of people that are horror fanatics. I wouldn't go through a murder ride, come walking out of it and like doing devil horns in the air, screaming at the top of my lungs, Dr. Satan, Dr. Satan, Dr. Satan. Like, okay, your overacting is pissing me off. Um, Because that's not how someone would act. Like, we'd be excited. We'd be like, well, dude, that was fucking awesome. I'm going to go through the, I'm going to, I want to go through the ride again or whatever. But, he like like even like Rain Wilson's character like Bill even basically says to her says to him dude it was okay it wasn't fucking great and then Hardwick makes that shitty comment of well you know you don't have to fucking downplay in front of your girl if someone had fucking said that to me I'd punch them in the face right there either that or I'd offer them up to Doctor Satan say fucking gut this piece of shit like. So when he gets whacked in the film, like, I'm happy about it. And I'm glad he gets it in violent fashion, too. And I'm glad he gets it from more than one. Like, especially the scene where, like, you know, baby Firefly is, like, 
cutting his hair and then she starts cutting his actual scalp off. I'm like, yeah, good. Cause I can't stand your fucking acting in this. Um, I, and grandpa Hugo. Okay. So he's amusing, I guess, but I, it, maybe it's a personal thing with me, but the whole idea of like, like when he's eating and he's got the fucking mashed potatoes just hanging off his mouth, it's like, okay, I understand that we're trying to go for an image here of like, you know, he's like old senile and redneck, but redneck people don't eat like that. Okay. Like, and there's also the scene with tiny when like tiny's eating the cereal, but he's not even eating it. He's just like picking up the cheer. The, well, it was it the Agatha Christie's that's what they're called, but it's like Cheerios or whatever. And he's just like letting them hit his lips, but he's not actually eating. And it's like, okay, I get, I get we're going for the gross out factor here, but it's kind of annoying, really, because it's like, okay, Tiny doesn't get that fucking big by just bouncing Cheerios off his lips. He obviously can eat, and he knows how to eat, and he eats well. So <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Um, and the whole bit with Grandpa Hugo, like, in his whole, like, his, like, eating your grandma's pussy joke out and stuff like that. Like, I get it. They're they're trying to show that it's, like, you know, lowbrow and it's it's dark humor and whatnot. Which, don't get me wrong, a lot of the dark humor in this works very well. But, um, I don't know. Chris Hardwick's character and Grandpa Hugo, I... You know what? Hardwick, go back to fucking Nerdist and your creeping Talking Death or Talking Dead or whatever the fuck that show is. Which, I'm not gonna lie, I used to watch it, but... It, Eh, whatever. Um, not that big on it anymore, and, and I'm not. I'm not even gonna get into his whole like you know, the the sexual allegations and or sexual harassment or whatever. I, I don't care about their fucking private lives. You know, let them. If he did something, if he did something shitty, and he's gonna get prosecuted for it, then let it happen. But I I don't care about that. Um, however, I will say now in terms of. The good acting, you know, because some of it is actually really fucking good in here. Bill Mosley, easily one of the stars of the show. His Firefly, his Otis Firefly is fucking awesome. Um, I, I, and a kind of a joke, but at one point, like years ago, I used to have a MySpace account. I know, MySpace, oh my God. But anyways, Otis was like my profile picture. Like, I have always loved his portrayal of Otis, especially in this movie. Not that Devil's Rejects was bad, because Devil's Rejects, I don't, honestly, that movie might even be better than this one. But I don't know. There's something about Otis in A Thousand Corpses that I like a bit better. Because um, he, he's fucking awesome in this movie. And Sherry Moon, honestly, I'm not going to lie. She's actually all right in this movie. I know, and you guys have heard me bitch about it and how many times that she's not really that good of an actress. But in this one, I find her to be somewhat entertaining. Okay, her laugh, her laugh is annoying. I'm not going to lie, though. <laughs> it's annoying. It's a, fucking stop that. But just some of like the shit she does and like how, she pulls off psychotic very well in this. And I, I love that. Uh, Sid Haig beat out John Polito and red West for the role of carpet, carpet Spalding, captain Spalding. My God. Sorry, kids. Seriously. I, I, if you guys know me in real life, you know, I'm like this. I always fucking tripping over my tongue and I don't even, bother to fucking edit it there's some people that will like you know they want their podcast to sound like you know picture perfect they'll edit shit out and whatnot i'm not that guy 
I'm a fuck up, and you're gonna deal with it. Um, but anyways, he beat out John Polito and Red West for the role of Spalding, and thank the fates for that. Um, because Sid Haig, like I said, and this goes back to my my point about the quotes. It's not. It, it, it's one thing that the quotes are awesome. It's also their deliverance, and both Bill Mosley and Sid Haig are just fucking amazing with their delivery. So believable. So much fun. Um, I, I I'd be an idiot not to talk about the music. Uh, the score music done pretty much by Scott Humphreys. Um, a bit of Rob Zombie's music as well. But there's also a lot of it, they. they use a collection of like classic country music, some bluegrass, some rock music in there and whatnot. It's kind of interesting because I find that the soundtrack to this movie reminds me a lot of the soundtrack to natural born killers, how natural born killers, like, you know, Trent Reznor, when he produced that thing and put it together, he had everything from industrial to, to hip hop to, um, you know, Leonard Cohen for God's sakes. Like, I mean, like he, he was just all over the spectrum and, I find Rob Zombie does that with this and does it very well. So it's something that I I had to point out. But I mean, seriously, the the whole the okay. So getting back to the actors now, the acting side of this, Doctor Satan, Doctor Satan looks really fucking cool, and I get, you know, I I I, I guess. I kind of understand, you know, why the kids would want to, quote unquote, solve the mystery of Dr. Satan because everyone's, you know, the, he's hyped up pretty good. But the, the the what we actually get of Dr. Satan was a lot better than I expected. And I was impressed with it. I liked the look. I liked the aesthetic. I liked the, the like the almost like he's got like a, a robot endoskeleton attached to his body. He's got like prosthetics on his face and shit like that. It. it looks really is it not prosthetics but like that gas mask kind of thing you know what i'm talking about and like he just looks fucking menacing and evil i love that but again even he's not enough to top otis and spalding they really are the highlight of this and earl firefly which it's kind of interesting because he's credited as the professor and in the movie you technically don't really get his name but Earl Firefly is like when Dr. Satan's doing like his surgery thing. And then that other thing comes through the door and starts chasing Denise down that, you know, that corridor and whatnot. That's Earl Firefly. That's who mother Firefly is talking about when she's like, Oh, well, you know, he burned my son and this, and that. that's him. It's like, and he looks so badass, very oozy. There's a lot of fluids to this film. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of wet surfaces and textures. And and then there's Grandpa who can't seem to swallow mashed potatoes. But anyways, it's the thing with this movie. There's a lot of like wetness and, and texture and stuff. Not to the extent of, say, like an evil dead or dead alive, but it's there. Um, I have a lot. Not so much left. So uh, we're almost done, folks. Um basically the idea of this film and how it came about in 1999 rob zombie designed a haunted maze attraction at universal studios and it was instrumental in helping them you know revive or reincarnate their halloween horror nights and bill mosley presented rob zombie with an award for that creation 
Hence and behold, this is where the idea for House of a Thousand Corpses was born. The idea to bring in Bill Mosley as Otis Firefly and everything like that. The idea for the murder ride came from this, obviously. And, you know, the shenanigans of the Firefly family also, you know, inspired heavily from this 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 haunted attraction at Universal Studios. So when you think about it, you know, the whole Halloween Horror Nights, and especially this year, I believe it was this year, well, we've got the, the killer clowns are going to be there this year and whatnot, but you've seen many times on the posters, they show the Halloween Horror Nights, and Captain Spaulding is one of the things that, you know, they promote with the, the Horror Nights attraction, and rightfully so. Because it's Rob Zombie who created that. And because of that creation, art begets art. And the next thing you know, we had House of a Thousand Corpses. And I mean also House of a Thousand Corpses. Rob Zombie has not hidden it. A lot of the inspiration for this came from like movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Last House on the Left. And it's it, you can tell. Um, I mean, the, the New York Times. Okay, so I'm kind of getting to now the point where I talk about like how it was received and what people had to basically say. New York Times basically said as much as this film, you know, as much as film buffs might enjoy recognizing all the references from Motel Hell and other classics, uh, Mr. Zombie's approach to the genre results in a crowded, frenzied film that has no single idea developed to a satisfying payoff. I agree with the bit about the references and, you know, you know, the whole idea of this feeling like, you know, we're picking out things that come from other movies or other ideas and whatnot. But at the same time, I do have to understand, I have to ask the question, how do people have a hard time understanding or following this fucking mill, this fucking movie? It's not that hard. It's actually pretty fucking straightforward. I mean, stupid kid convinces his friends to check out murder ride while on the murder ride. They're led to find out about Dr. Satan one kid has this unhealthy need to discover Dr. Satan and hence these kids become the next victims to the sadistic and torturous ways of the Firefly family. So how is no single I like no single idea developed from this? I mean, isn't this pretty, pretty straightforward? I mean, kids take wrong turn and become victims. It's not a hard plot to follow. Like, yeah, I know it does it all, all these weird flashy things and whatnot. That's Rob Zombie doing what Rob Zombie does. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and I mean, it's Dr. Wolfenstein, you know, and, and actually Dr. Wolfenstein's assistant, you see Wolfenstein talking and he's got his assistant, but that's Rob Zombie actually. Um, but like, it, it's, it's, it's meant to be like, you know, midnight movie watching. It's supposed to be like a, you know, late night TV and you turn on and you know, yeah, Wolfman Jack is on or count scary, or in this case, Dr. Wolfenstein, you know, it's not a hard thing to find. Um, interestingly enough, I actually found a review that was quite, uh, positive actually. And it came from the LA times, which really shocked me because LA is LA times is not always the most, um, accepting of horror films. They're kind of like the Gene Siskel of horror, like uh, of reviewers, you know, but this one they wrote like, let's give the devil his due zombie, you know, Rob Zombie displays a natural flair for the cinematic, uh, real appreciation and knowledge of horror movies. 
uh, and at the same time uh, has a, a, an affinity for sleazy, bizarre Americana and schlock culture. Uh, throughout the movie, he inserts his vintage clips in a witty way, which he does. Um, and like Zombie along with Scott Humphreys uh, comes through with a rip-roaring score for this picture. Yes, that that is more the way I approach this movie. Like I see it as like, you know, yeah, some of it's trashy, some of it's schlocky, but isn't that what a lot of 70s, you know, Americana cinema was back then? Like, uh, I don't know. The movie has a cult status now, obviously. Uh, there's people all over that love it. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I saw it in 2003 in the theater. I've never turned my back on this movie. I've always enjoyed this movie. IMDb has it at a 6.1 out of 10. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can, I can go with that. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes suck my wang because 20% approval rating blow yourselves. Uh, and, and obviously this is coming from critics. That's the critic rev- approval rating. Same with Metacritic. Not much better, 31%. Fuck you. Because um, critics missed the point on this. It, it's not a meant to be a perfect movie. Uh, however, 87% of Google users like this film. <laughs> um, the podcast rating? How do? How, what's my rating? Where do I put it at? 7 out of 10 gallons of blood and pus. I say pus because that's what they were calling the shit that, you know, the professor was spitting out. Yeah, Um, it was puss. Actually, uh, what did he say it was? I remember reading or hearing in an interview, he said it was um, the same stuff that they use for, like, uh, food coloring. Um, But, like, in, like, icing and cakes and stuff like that. So, (laughs) it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, podcast rating, 7 out of 10. It's a colorful movie. There's a lot of colors to it. It's decently paced, it, epileptic at times with the whole like, you know, flash flashes and the weird snuff look sometimes and whatnot, but whatever, uh, all practical effects and a wicked sounds like w- w- wicked score. So here's my thing. It wins a lot of points based on that alone. Um, could have done without grandpa and, uh, what's his face is uh, character Hardwick. I'll, I'll even say maybe even mother firefly was kind of meh at times. Uh, it's Karen Black though, so whatever you we we accept it as is. Uh, but Otis and Spalding own this; they own it. I own it. And Baby even was solid for the first movie. Um, the sequel, The Devil's Rejects. Well, that's a discussion for another day. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie; I love it. I think it's great. Whether I think it's better or worse than Thousand Corpses. Mm. I'll save, like I said, I'll save that for another day. And on that note, thanks for listening, kids. Um, thank you so much. I really do hope that this episode sounds okay to you guys. I really hope it turned out all right because, like I said, it was last minute putting it together. Um, and it was just like, whoa, fuck, what am I going to do? So I, I, I hope, you know, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Again, uh, you know, my heart's with Sid Haig and his family right now. I mean, it just, it, what a bummer. You know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I i guess we could say, you know, we saw it coming. But it's one of those things that even though you, you we knew the man was sick, we knew he was trying to recuperate and whatnot. But just 80 years old, though, man. Like, he, he lived a full life. He lived a good life. And he gave us a lot of good memories. And that's what I wanted to remember him for. And, you know, that... It, 
fuck, it's a it's a bummer. I'm not gonna lie, it's a, it's a fucking bummer, but it is what it is. And like, just again, thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me this week to talk about this movie and to talk about Sid Haig and whatnot. And don't forget, you know, check out the music of Sam Haynes and Isra Lee, both on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, great music from both artists and whatnot. Uh, where to find this show? Uh, let's do the social media thing, The where it's streaming. I'll announce next week's episode and then we'll call it quits. How's that sound? Uh, so where to find the show? Obviously, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Spotify, CastBox, FM Player, and the home of the show, The Next Level Network, nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero. You can also find it at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero.com. You can email at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero at gmail.com. I'm sorry, my throat's a little dry, so I'm trying <laughs> try to get this done as quickly as I can. Uh, Facebook.com slash whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. You can also find me on Instagram at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. It's pretty straightforward. Twitter. Twitter, which you uh, can also find Isserly on Twitter as well. But this show, uh, at WLB Podcast underscore zero. There's the Redbubble store, of course, if you want to uh, go on the Facebook page and you can shop right from there. Makes it a little bit easier, I think, to find it than, you know, telling people redbubble.com slash people slash podcast zero. And people just sometimes try to remember that and they can't and whatnot. So just go on the Facebook page and click shop now. Uh... Next episode. Next episode is going to be a good one. Um, it's also uh, my birthday episode. Yes, it'll be my birthday when you guys get this next episode. So, like, next week's episode. So, as for my birthday, I picked a movie that I've been wanting to talk about for a while that I thought would be a lot of fun. It's from 1986, because we all know I love my 80s movies. And it stars Skippy from Family Ties. Yes, uh, Trick or Treat is the movie that I'm going to be talking about. Because I find a lot of podcasts lately, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, but focus a lot on the 2007 Trick or Treat. Not so many on the 1986 one. So I was like, you know what, I'm going 1986. We'll talk about that one. So, on that note, I'm going to close out. I think it would only be right to close out with a track from the House of a Thousand Corpses soundtrack. So I'm going to close out with Dr. Wolfenstein by Rob, Rob Zombie. And again, thank you for listening. Rest in peace, dear Sid Haig. Uh, I, I, I wish you know my deepest condolences with his family and his friends and whatnot. I know it's a very hard time. And I know that, um, you know, f- from what I've heard, the movie Three from Hell has gotten very mixed reviews. Let's please try to keep in mind that that movie had to change several times because Rob Zombie had to change that script over and over because of, you know, Sid's health. It makes a lot of sense. And I I think we have to, you know, entertainment is entertainment at the end of the day. People try. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it fails. I know... Three from Hell, I'm I'm still curious to see it and whatnot. I know that Sid did get to play a small role in it. Not the role he was hoping for, not the role that Rob was hoping for, but it is what it is. On that note, though, let's close out with Dr. Wolfenstein, and next week it'll be Trick or Treat. Thank you, everyone. Stay spooky.